Hey, let's do a whataboutism. Yeah, let's do a whataboutism. They're great. The left hates whataboutisms. They called them whataboutisms when President Trump was in the process of being elected because they knew very, very well what they had done to President Trump already in pretending he was a Russian spy. So that's why they said no whataboutisms. But let's do one real quick. The FBI is building up momentum to indict James O'Keefe with Project Veritas. Uh, Powerline blogs written about this. They're spot on because the couple of people uh, who found, the lady who found Ashley Biden's diary, she, with another person, sold it to someone. So they're being indicted by the FBI for, for, for interstate trafficking in stolen goods. This is the same FBI who lets drug cartels travel around the country whenever they feel like traveling around the country. But that's not the real comparison. The real comparison is about, wait, so when there is a perpetrator of a crime, there's a victim. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. Soda Weight Loss at sodaweightloss.com. They came to us. They were the first big company to reach out to us to say, hey, could you introduce us to your audience? And it has been a great, great partnership for so many reasons. Me, on a personal basis, I get to see the look on a very close relative's face as she drops unwanted fat with soda weight loss. She's always been a lovely person, but her eyes twinkle more. It's very satisfying. The so-called Department of Justice uh, is building up a head of steam to go after James O'Keefe because James O'Keefe does what journalists used to do. And what journalists used to do was investigate. And there's always been a sort of left-leaning component to the media, but they haven't always been participants in colluding to rig elections. And they are. They haven't always been participants in colluding on the greatest, broadest, most deadly psyop in history, um, but they are. So as our society falls, and it is falling, and it was destined to fall, and yes, we can rescue America. Yes, God can decide to rescue America. Yes, there can be a revival. Yes, there can be a jubilee. All those things are possible. With God, all things are possible. But right now, the country is headed towards a massive collapse. It's just self-evident. A nation uh, you know, set against itself in this regard cannot stand, particularly when people at the top are pushing it over, which is what the FBI is doing. They're attempting to topple the country to install something new because they're scared to death. 
The election of Donald John Trump was never supposed to happen. This is covered grounds. Rush, God rest him, spoke very eloquently, as he always did, about everything, but very eloquently on this topic that Donald Trump was never supposed to be elected. I said a few weeks ago that Donald Trump was their clown. It was the clown candidate. They were just going to have some fun. Hillary was going to rope-a-dope Donald Trump. It's what they intended to have happen. But there is such a pent-up awareness. I guess there's awareness that has created a pent-up rage in the country around what we know D.C. does. People know it's corrupt. They know it answers to no one. They know it's far beyond its bounds. They know people go there and, and just get absolutely insanely rich uh, at the cost of ethics, that they do things we don't get to do. Everybody sees that. You know, Bernie Sanders people are not that different from us. They have a different solution in mind. The solution is proven to not work. It's, it's hey, hey um, companies are corrupt, so give government more power. They, they missed the part where governments and companies have become one. That is big companies. So it panicked them that a guy like Donald Trump could get elected because despite his, his money, and there's lots of it, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars. And he still says he's a billionaire, hundreds and hundreds, maybe a billion. Despite all that, Trump still has some form of attitude that's similar to our own, which is you guys don't get to do that anymore. I'm not going to pretend that you're special. Now, I try and I fail every single day to try to have some form of respect for the office. And I fail every day because how can I? How can I not lie and have respect for the offices? Because I don't have respect for the offices. I don't. That respect has been, they've thrown that out. So James O'Keefe represents a massive threat to the party. Because James O'Keefe investigates things that are not to be investigated. You'll note, after the Joe Rogan appearance with Mark Zuckerberg, rather Zuckerberg with Rogan, you'll note that there's nothing. On the Republican side, nothing. Mitch's message is the economy. That's it. That's all he'll do. So when you have a figurehead like Joe Biden, who admits every time he gets a chance, this guy is, is transmitting, I'm being held captive. It, it stands to reason that real journalists can't be tolerated when the figurehead himself is just that, a figurehead. Everybody thought anything would go. Thank you so much, Mr. President. All right. Oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 I took control. I shouldn't do that. I'm not allowed to do that. Go ahead. You tell me. we're going to go and um, have the rest of the conversation And in that clip, after Biden is told to shut up by his, his, his quote staff, his eyes become dead and they wander the room. And I, I'm telling you, I feel sorry for him in that moment because I'm looking at a man going, gosh, this is really getting tiresome to pretend to be uh, in charge of things. So they can't have a James O'Keefe because they've got a Biden. And so they're building up this head of steam to go after James O'Keefe. What they're doing is they're building up a precedent. 
the, the civil court was used to go after Alex Jones. And we've talked about that, that, that Alex Jones said things about those families that were not true. Is it $45 million worth if not true? I, I, not in my mind. It doesn't get near that in my mind. And I had a, I, I'd lost a friend because of Sandy Hook, because my friend's mom was there and she shielded her kids with her body. She lived and her kids lived. And so I'm, I am very disturbed by what Jones said about the, the Sandy Hook parents. My friend's mom is not a crisis actor. She's a real human being. That said, $45 million in damage. And we've already done the show on Alex Jones and the Jones precedent that if that's the precedent, you can use civil court to go after liars. Oh, well, then fantastic. Then we own NBC, ABC, CBS, Wall Street Journal, New York Times. We own them in relation to what they've done with COVID. But they can't have real journalists. So the Jones precedent now is they're going to try to make this the O'Keefe precedent. And the O'Keefe precedent then becomes the Glenn Beck precedent. And it becomes, and they won't go right to Glenn's level, but it becomes the precedent. We can use arms of so-called law enforcement to silence people who are nothing more than journalists. And you can say that O'Keefe is an activist. Okay, he's an activist. You're going to silence him too because he happens to be an activist journalist, as is all of the Mockingbird media. And there's a history here. You remember James Rosen with Fox that the party tapped his phones, was tracking his phone calls, was seeing who his parents called because James Rosen wanted to write some truthful things about Benghazi. Cheryl Atkinson to this day, and I've spoken with Cheryl three times. To this day, Cheryl says that it was a state actor who hacked her computer. Remember, she was fired from CBS News for pursuing the truth about Benghazi. Uh, when I got off training, saw another case, took it to my technical expert, and he, he said, yeah, that's wrong. Let's fix it. Let's change it. We moved her retirement benefits up to age 70. She's been getting hundreds of dollars more per month ever since. I started to see more. Eventually, they said, no, stop. Don't change anything else. Just leave them the way they are. Do your job. This guy named John McAdams, he's a whistleblower and worked at the Social Security Administration. He spoke to Cheryl this past weekend on her program, Full Measure. She continues to be, to me, an enigma in terms of political persuasion. I think she's probably conservative because why would she be interested in these stories if she's not? But I'll tell you what, I wouldn't want to be on the end of her investigation if I did something wrong because she'd find out. So they can't have a James O'Keefe. The buildup to get to O'Keefe is working this way, that there is a victim. One would contend that, that, that Ashley Biden's a victim of theft, except it's not theft. No one stole anything. Ashley Biden left a diary behind. A woman in the treatment center that Ashley Biden had left found the diary between the mattresses. Now, it's a dishonest thing to steal someone's diary. It's a, it's a, it's a rotten thing. It's a mean thing. And it's a human thing, particularly when you figure out it's, it's Ashley Biden's and you're desperate for money. So they peddled it. And one of the groups to whom they peddled it was the Trump campaign. And, and Trump's people said, no, take it somewhere else. Take it. In fact, they said specifically, take it to the FBI. I, I bet they thought they were getting set up. 
Well, why wouldn't they think that? So we have now the national security apparatus treating the, the untheft, the sale of a diary as interstate trafficking and stolen goods. <laughs> this, 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 this is happening <laughs> when you can fly into Seattle and in 10 minutes, you can buy 15 years worth of fentanyl in 10 minutes. All of it trafficked there. <laughs> you can go to Washington State, the former state of Washington. And I had a friend of mine who used to be one of the top detectives in car theft. And you could talk about the pipeline that goes from the separate country of Washington to Mexico with, with, with stolen cars and stolen motorcycles. It's a pipeline and everybody knows it. You're talking about thousands and thousands of cars and the FBI doesn't care. So Amy Harris and Robert Kurlander pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy to commit interstate transportation of stolen property, but it wasn't stolen. The Department of So-Called Justice has posted the criminal information signed by the, oh, look at this, the Southern District of New York. And there's a copy of it if you want to read this. So it happens that then that makes Project Veritas the buyer of stolen property. And Powerline Blog is all over this, writing about it better than I can, Scott Johnson. Project Veritas, the buyer of the stolen property stored by Ashley Biden in a room at the Delray Beach, quote, private residence in which Amy Harris subsequently stayed, is referred to throughout the criminal organization, now the criminal information as, quote, the organization. According to the charge in the plea, Project Veritas paid a total of $50,000 for the diary and related property that authenticated it as Ashley Biden's. This is Scott Johnson again at Powerline Blog. As I read this material, the footsteps are getting closer to O'Keefe and Project Veritas. The Times story relates that in a sign that the investigation into the group will continue, the authorities said Mr. Kurlander had agreed to cooperate with the authorities. I sought comment last night from Project Veritas' attorney, Paul Kelly. Kelly kindly responded with a statement partially quoted in the Times story. Project Veritas' news gathering uh, was ethical and legal. A journalist's lawful receipt of material later alleged to be stolen is routine, commonplace, and protected by the First Amendment. The government wishes to pursue PV based upon routine acts of journalism. If you don't think Josh Gersten asked for corroboration when his source provided a stolen draft of the Dobbs opinion stolen from the United States Supreme Court before he published it, if a journalist accepting a source's offer to provide materials to corroborate source material already provided as criminal, the First Amendment and a free press are dead. Great point. The reporter who broke the story about the leaked Dobbs decision on abortion, which was leaked to destroy the decision, it seems to me. And I, I, I personally think it was one of the leftist justices. I, that's, why wouldn't it be? Um, Josh Gersten is not being indicted. There is no criminal probe at the FBI, or at least the FBI hasn't told us there's a criminal probe to get to the bottom of who leaked the Dobbs decision, which shouldn't be that hard to get. Unless they took a picture of every single page with their cell phone. Well, and even then, I mean, digital footprints are digital footprints. 
log on times are log on times. So the victim here is supposed to be Ashley Biden. I, I, I don't hear Ashley Biden saying anything. Now, of course, part of this is the strategy to keep it somehow uh, questionable as to whether this belongs to Ashley Biden or not. Scott Johnson writes, if, as I believe, Project Veritas is the ultimate target of what I've called the O'Keefe Project from the beginning, the Biden Justice Department appears to have laid its cards, a substantial part of its evidence and theories, on the table in advance of charges against the, quote, organization. The lawyers for Project Veritas have now had a look, and one might reasonably guess a few cards of their own that have yet to be played. He provides an update. Andrew McCarthy's August 27 NRO column carefully restates the facts alleged in the criminal information to which Harris and Kurlander pleaded guilty, as they only imply above the facts as alleged seem to take the prospective case against O'Keefe and Veritas outside the ambit of the Brackney case. In other words, it's going to be new territory. And this is America. And we can go do the Pentagon Papers. We can go do copies of the president's emails obtained by. We can go do in a copy of a photo obtained by. We can go do people familiar with the case. With We can go time and time again through all of this in relation to President Trump and look at the double standards and hidden agendas. But it's something else. It's something else that's so deeply disconcerting here. There's a victim. There's a crime. There's a diary. Anytime you want to see it, you can go to Seattle or Portland or San Francisco or Los Angeles or Chicago or New York. Anytime you want to see it, you can go look at a separate country within a separate country. You can go look at little Mexico, little Honduras, little Saigon, and you can go buy heroin and meth and fentanyl and you can map it back to cartels. Are there victims there? There are. I've met them. Well, the ones that have lived. Victims? Right there. Interstate trafficking? How else did they get there? How else did Honduran drug gangs get into Washington State or Russian drug gangs? They're there as well. So are Chinese. How did that happen? Interstate travel. Victims? Yeah, plenty. Is there FBI interest on this? No. It's not just O'Keefe that the FBI is targeting. And I hope this is clear. The FBI is, is targeting the moral infrastructure of the United States of America. A free press is free to criticize the party. A free press, and I, I see it this way. The freedom of the press is directly improportionate to the number of banned topics. COVID deaths from the injections are a banned topic. Until recently, lockdown deaths were a banned topic. 
Hunter Biden's diary, or pardon me, Hunter Biden's laptop was a banned topic. The contents of Ashley Biden's diary are a banned topic. The contents of Hunter Biden's laptop, which include pictures of him, well, I didn't want to say it again because, you know, is a banned topic. Victims? Ashley Biden appears to be a victim. Victims? Hunter Biden appears to enjoy inflicting his sexual desire upon underage family members. Victims? Diaries? Pictures? Interstate trafficking? Hunter Biden didn't do all that in one state. Hunter Biden didn't stay in one state when he was smoking crack for weeks at a time and by his own admission, not even eating. He didn't stay in, and, and furthermore, by transmitting the photos of what appeared to be him inflicting his sexual desire upon underage people, not just family members. You've seen the photos, I trust. So from the cartels to Hunter Biden, to the victimhood of Ashley Biden, absolutely no interest. But to a journalist who's digging into these things, they're building an edifice and it's a joke edifice, but does it matter? Show me the person, I'll show you the crime. But that's not even it. That, that's, that's, that's not even it. A diary and victims of a famous person off limits. That's where this gets particularly aggravating to me because of the nature of the crimes we're about to discuss that the FBI is letting go. Why is the FBI letting this go? Why? Hey, there is something in the show sheet. This makes me feel so happy. A, a good longtime friend of the podcast and a longtime friend of the radio show, um, who I think learned about us the way most folks did, uh, which was through uh, Rush Limbaugh's program, God Rest Rush. Yes, I'm going to continue to say God Rest Rush. Uh, Rush Babe on Twitter. Her handle is Rush, at Rush is the goat, greatest of all times. Um, she went and bought the Allen's Artisan Soaps uh, Herminator sub, and she wrote this. I love the soaps and gift baskets from Allen Soaps, A-L-A-N-S soaps.com. Uh, the scents are great. I have fragrance sensitivity issues, and none of them cause problems. Great job with the scents, Allen. Also enjoyed the note and pick of Allen. Thanks for introducing us, um, and she tags me in this. I love getting notes like this and I'll tell you why it makes me particularly happy is because young Alan um, is now recovering from surgery. And I would say, sadly, except for who Alan is, uh, Alan is a joyful young man, now 12 years old, who works full time at the soap company as the chief soap officer, he's going to be in and out of surgeries his whole life. He's deeply impacted by um, autism. He's also deeply, deeply dramatically impacted by some physical health. Um, I would say challenges, except for who Alan is. Alan is so joyful 
And frankly, headstrong, he just refuses to let stuff bug him. But I like the fact that this picture from Rush Babe is something that we can show Alan when he's in the hospital recovering because it's no fun given the surgery he's had to go through with his spine. Now, it's not a sympathy plea. It's a plea for you to look at this gift basket. Go to the toddhermanshow.substack.com or even better yet, just go to the Todd Herman Show page, get the show sheet, look at this. This is what you get. And it's a six month subscription. Any of the scents of soaps that you like and a whole array of things that come in this gift basket, you'll see how high class it is. You'll see the picture of young Alan. You'll see the, the extras that come with the gift pack, the soap rack. It's all there and you get 10% off. It's alanssoaps.com slash Todd, A-L-A-N-S soaps.com slash Todd. And every note like this on social media does help spread the word, but it also is something that young Alan likes to see. He really does. alanssoaps.com slash Todd. And so a diary and a famous person and victims and the FBI remains silent. Let's start by rewinding just a second. Rob Reiner went on uh, Bill Maher's program with Amy Klobuchar. Amy Klobuchar was a non-entity in Congress. Never did anything of note. <laughs> Sorry, such bad matters to crack yourself up. I was just remembering... <laughs> When someone said to, to, to Amy Klobuchar, you, you're, you're, you're going to be president. Do you remember that? She ran for president. I've often said in D.C., um, there's like three types of people. There's people who think they're going to be president, uh, who think they one day will be president or they will name a president or they will work for this. this, this the degree of, of ego and the belief in oneself and oh, inability to serve others, man. Inability to serve others. You're given the job as the FBI protecting the country. And all you can do is protect your party. Do you know what that means on a, on a biblical level? Uh, do, you, do you even take a second to think about when, when, the, when the Lord Jesus sits you down and says, all right, um, hi, um, you were at the FBI, right? So you're Chris Ray. Hi, Chris. Uh, so you ran the FBI and you stewarded law enforcement for this big country. What did you do with that? How, how did you handle that? Well, we protected sex traffickers. Uh, we did a lot to protect um, a, a guy who probably raped little kids. We did a fair bit of that, Lord Jesus. And we just and we protected the heck out of this Epstein diary. I don't know that that's going to play that well with the Lord Jesus. I mean, Chris Ray can repent because we all can, because that's the gift of salvation. We can all take that gift willingly or not. But let's rewind for just a second. This is Rob Reiner. Um, he was meathead on All in the Family and a director, etc. He's a talented guy and he's nuts. And he's on with Bill Maher and A.B. Klobuchar. And the topic of Hunter Biden's diary comes up. The Joe Rogan podcast, Mark Zuckerberg, the guy we talked about a few weeks ago, Sam Harris, who said, oh, sure, it's OK for the media to rig an election. Sure, we should rig elections if it's about Trump. So he's saying it's OK to have a conspiracy to get rid of somebody as bad as Trump. It's a little bit of a thorny question, because once you go down this road, this is sort of where we are in this country the other side is so evil 
anything is justified in preventing them from taking office. Is it? No, no. You know what's not justified? Using armed violence to try to kill people in the Capitol. That's not justified. Answer this question. Huh? Is it, was it, answer this question. What is was the it question? The question is, was, was it appropriate to bury the Hunter Biden? You're talking about the press doing the, that? He's saying that's what they did, and that is what they did. They buried the Hunter Biden story before the election because they were like, we can't risk having the election thrown to Trump. We'll tell them after the election. Well, and, and we know for a fact that that's what they did? Of course. You know, <laughs> but I'm just saying you know for a fact that that's what they did. I don't know what they did. I know, because you only watch MSNBC. No, that's not true. That's not true. Well, then you would know about this. I do know about that. Well, you're acting I like do, you know. I do, I do know about that, and I do watch Fox. But the point is, uh, you, we're going to prove now that the, that they, that the, the press uh, played, you know, tried to. They're admitting it. They're, the press is admitting it. Yes, that's not even an issue anymore. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's like Rob Ryder saying, wait a minute. So you could you could make a phone call from an airplane? Wait, 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 wait. I don't know that that's true. Wait, wait a minute. Wait, you, you could take a you could take a picture on wait on a phone on a phone. You, I mean, we're, uh, I don't even know that that's happening. <laughs> the, 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 OK, this. Oh, sometimes this job is a blessing. Sometimes the things that I want to say to Rob Reiner. Oh, Lord Jesus, help me. Bill Maher makes the point of all points. Hey, we're just going to deplatform Alex Jones and Dr. McCullough and Alex Berenson and uh, Justin Hart and Todd Herman. Uh, and Donald Trump. Uh, lives at TikTok. And, and look, it's just deplatforming. They, they can still scream from the rooftops. I mean, so they can't use our so-called platform. They can still they can still scream from the rooftops. And it's not like we're going to stop them from you know being in society. Well, I mean, okay. So, all right. So we're going to try to put President Trump in jail because we don't like his opinion. But it's just Trump. Yeah. Oh, oh, all right. So General Flynn. Okay. Yeah, we did that. But look, he's a general. And uh, I mean, okay, okay, okay. Look, all right. So, so there's been some cases where maybe we've destroyed some careers. Uh, honestly, we did destroy some careers in medicine, but I mean, that was, that's very few and far between. And it's not like we're going to extend this down. You know, it's not like we're going to go from, let's say Project Veritas to like, I don't know, like a filmmaker in California who made a film about, about Muhammad and we, we blamed that for Benghazi. Oh, wait, they did that. Bill Maher makes the point of points. This stuff builds momentum. People watch this and they hunger for it. Because people want to be on the winning side, particularly when the side that's winning is brutal. Because you get the combination of fear of loss and opportunity for gain. And I'm sorry to use the example. A friend of mine, Kevin, told me the other day, there's too much of this in conservative media, but it's the perfect metaphor. 
You have men who think they're women who can now get you fired if you refuse to pretend along with them. You have men who think they're women who can now get you kicked out of a YWCA if you don't want your 11-year-old girl showering next to a grown man who's soaping up his testicles. Momentum. The party is gathering crazy people and vengeful people and they're creating vengeful people and they're creating hateful people and they're showing people if you serve the party, there's nothing you can't do. From the top to the bottom, I can take you on tours of the separate country of Seattle and I can show you where men go rent the bodies of women and girls, lots of girls. And please don't use the phrase underage girls. There's no such thing. It's girls. They're children. I know that because of people I've worked with in law enforcement. The FBI knows that. They just don't care. Oh, yeah. But about a diary and a famous man and pattern recognition, Alan Dershowitz had a very fascinating conversation about one Jeff Epstein. He was um, talking with Emily Jelinski of The Federalist in a show called Rising. It's Friday, Rising, Rising Friday. Oh, Rising Friday on the Hill. I know her work at The Federalist. I didn't know about her work on the Hill. I love her work at The Federalist. Emily Jelinski talked with Alan Dershowitz about Jeff Epstein. Hold on to it where you hear this. I, uh, yesterday I shared the note of how people came to know. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday I shared a note from a gentleman on how he came to know Zach Abraham at Bulwark Capital Management. Now that's, that's a a long time he's been with him. Let me tell you what's changed since we've started to have Zach on every single Friday on this podcast. Here's what's changed. My respect for him has gone up enormously because his message hasn't changed a bit. And because of a couple of other things, he is the chief investment officer of Bohr Capital Management. So it is his investment philosophies and his obsession with risk management that drives that firm. That's why they do so well with people who are 10, 15, 5, 10, 15 years out from retirement. The closer you are to retirement, the more you need Bohr Capital Management. In fact, if you're in retirement, it's a good idea to get with them and make sure that you're calibrated for risk management. Here's some, there's some things that have happened. Number one, Zach told the story last week about how he lost a house. He said, I was young and dumb. I made a decision I would never advise one of my clients to make. I don't know why on earth I did that. This is, you know, 25, 30 years ago, but he did it. He admitted it. If you're working with a financial advisor who's never been through a loss, man, I don't know how much you learn that way or won't admit they've been through a loss. Another thing, Zach has said, yeah, we think people should put most of their money with bulwark capital management, but certainly not all of it. Hedge. He says, here we are talking about how we hedge all of our, all of our positions are hedged. We spread our bets, not that they're bets, they're analysis, but we spread our investments. Why would I tell you to do other than make sure you've got some of your money places other than bulwark capital management. That's an extraordinary thing. I never heard that from Charles Schwab or from, from, from uh, fidelity. Never heard such a thing. They'll park it all here. We'll handle it all. We'll diversify. But what if you make bad decisions? 
And then as well, that he's willing to speak the truth about people in his industry who are terrible people. Like Larry Fink is doing terrible things to this country. Unbelievably terrible things. There's no particular win for Zach saying that. Larry Fink is a very, very, very powerful man. And yet Zach tells the truth because that's who Zach Abraham is at Bulwark Capital Management. If you're five to 10, even 15 years out from retirement, the closer you are, the more vital it is you get in touch with Bulwark Capital Management. They're at 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK, or you can go to knowyourriskradio.com. Government wants me to remind you that investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management's an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. It always makes me laugh because we have to read that disclaimer or Bulwark will get in trouble. It makes me laugh that they don't, <laughs> that every so-called journalist in the mainstream media doesn't have to have a disclaimer like that since they're all completely mobbed up and all part of the party or, or anytime, the, the, you know, a chairman Powell, uh, the fed share Powell, anytime he makes a statement, there should be like a 27 day disclaimer. Uh, in relation to his conflicts of interest. Alan Dershowitz was on a, a, a web, well, it's, it's a podcast with Emily Jahinsky and her partner. And the topic of Jeff Epstein and William Jefferson Blythe Clinton III came up. Look, he was affiliated with Bill Clinton very closely. He flew Bill Clinton around the world. Nobody knew about this. It wasn't that he was able to fly under the radar because people like Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton is pictured getting a massage from a young woman. (laughs) I mean, Bill Clinton, if Bill Clinton didn't know the extent of it, I'm open to that idea. But Bill Clinton has pictured himself getting a massage from a woman who sure looks underage. And if she's not, she's certainly close to it. But the point is. I never heard about that. I can tell you that. I was at Caroline Kennedy's house having dinner with Bill Clinton uh, when he was president <clears throat> and a phone call came in and it was Jeffrey Epstein. And he was on the phone with Epstein at uh, Caroline Kennedy's house for about, I don't know, 20 minutes. Uh, a lot of people were affiliating with Epstein because of his charitable contributions and his academic work, but nobody, as far as I know, knew about this. Um, you know, again, the same woman accused Al Gore of being on Epstein's island. We now have categorical evidence he wasn't. Uh, she also right. said that uh, Bill Clinton was on the island having dinner with underage girls and, and that he was flown there by Ghislaine Maxwell, who had just gotten a pilot's license, as if the Secret Service would ever allow a president or a former president they could get him on the phone in a minute's a notice is pretty hmm, is still pretty okay so it, if some of it is not true it, but it's still incredible for a lot of us that he had this level of access to so so many famous people powerful people to the president right. of the and united states and it was states. all cut off the minute he was accused as soon as he was accused almost everybody cut off their relations because they didn't know um, you know, you could say the you same thing. You still went to his house so after many... he got out of prison. Say it again. You you did still provide legal advice. You went to his of mansion oh, after, I, I would after he got out of prison. If I got a call from him from hell today, I would still provide legal advice. I'm obligated to. I was his lawyer. The legal advice I provided had to do solely with the deal that was made and the implications of the deal 
I'm sorry, I'm not like right. the doctor in Cambridge who walked away from patients in the middle of an operation. So Dershowitz says so much there. He hasn't seen the picture of Bill Clinton getting the back rub from the young girl. How? He's appeared on TV networks that run that picture probably prior to him appearing. Now, maybe he hasn't. Maybe he's just obtuse. But the media had the story. ABC News had the story. There were young women going to the FBI with the story. And everybody cut off contact. Oh, wow, because they got cut, they cut off contact. But the point of the matter is this. They know where Jeff Epstein's, or where, where actually his, his pimp's partner, his pimp's diary is. They know where Ghislaine Maxwell's diary is. They will move hell and Hades to indict James O'Keefe over a diary that it was legal for him to obtain that contains Ashley Biden, among other things, saying, I think I might have been molested by my dad. That's effectively what she says. Members taking showers with her father, she writes, probably not appropriate. This is a woman saying, I think I might have been molested. She talks about having sex with friends at a really young age. That is a young woman or a woman describing the very common experience of someone who's been molested. So you reverse that. And you go to the Jeff Epstein affair. A diary Ghislaine Maxwell has that is said to detail men who paid money or just were given it as favors. So Jeff Epstein owed them or, or that they owed Epstein. So they could put their sexual desires and sin into the bodies of young girls. The two cases are the same. They're a mirror image. And it's on this that the FBI won't touch. This one thing, the FBI will not touch. The FBI doesn't want to talk about the resurgence of human trafficking globally. They don't want to talk about cities like Seattle, which are known hubs for sex trafficking of little girls and well, little boys too, but mostly little girls. They don't want to talk about that. President Trump was somewhat obsessed with that and began going after that. And James O'Keefe having the diary of Ashley Biden is a doorway into a world we're told doesn't exist. We're told that the world of perverted, powerful men purchasing the bodies or renting the bodies of children doesn't exist. That's what we're told. It doesn't stand to logic. None of it stands to logic. Here's why. Do poor men pay to have sex using the bodies of children? Yeah. 
Do middle-class men pay to do that? Yep. Doctors and lawyers and pastors and teachers? Yep. Could wildly wealthy, mobbed up, protected individuals do that at greater scope and scale than middle-class men and poor men? Yep. It's chilling when you examine the comparisons, isn't it? Now, winding back from the sex trafficking stuff to other elements of pattern recognition. They're preparing to go after James O'Keefe, the DOJ, because they can't have real journalists. And particularly given what's coming. Because what's coming is a COVID rage that cannot be stopped. We talked about that yesterday. A response to what was done to people that cannot be stopped is headed our way, their way. They can't have real journalists. They've got to build the infrastructure and rather the edifice to be able to go after them. Examples. Alex Berenson speaks to the momentum of being on the winning side. Alex Berenson, of course, banned from Twitter, sued, um, got a settlement. Part of it was Twitter admitted that they were wrong. He's going through the discovery material. He can't talk about the settlement, but he can talk about the discovery material. CNN's Oliver Darcy, a so-called journalist, complained to Twitter in 2021 that it was promoting me and wanted Twitter to do a lot of things to shut him down. Sorry to always blow up your email, but just wanted to check to see if Twitter has any comment about boosting anti-vax Berenson like this. And what they're talking about is Berenson's status going up on Twitter, people retweeting him or being in a, in a, in a, in a featured post. Ashley Gold, a tech and policy reporter at Axios, more or less begging Twitter to jam Alex Berenson. So quickly, question for you guys, and maybe I can hop on the phone with someone to discuss further. A colleague and I keep looking at Alex Berenson's tweets, many of which seem to spread COVID vaccine misinformation. Like, I don't even know which one of you to send it to. It's a lot. Thinking back to this news, um, are you guys thinking about tweets like this in his account? Has he received any strikes? I don't need any definitive yes or no answers, but honestly, both curious about your thinking. These are two journalists begging Twitter to shut down a journalist, and we don't think there'll be momentum. When the DOJ goes to O'Keefe, you don't think they're going to come after, eventually work their way up to a Glenn Beck or more chillingly down to someone like me? Or to someone like you? Because we're down here, Beck is up there, but we're of the same mind in some ways. Here's another example. Expose News. Why do deaths among female children increase by 57% immediately following the injections of the COVID-19 shots? That can't make it in the mainstream media. It's at Expose News. But you're telling me that these same so-called journalists wouldn't have hunger to go after expose-news.com? See, this stuff builds momentum. And the momentum right now is on the side of the people who say exactly what Bill Maher said they said. Which is the other side is so extreme and so odious that we've got to attack them and destroy them. And man, there's the trap.
There's the trap. If we hate these people, everything we just talked about doesn't matter. Now think about this. I hate what they're doing. I hate that they're getting away with it. The moment you and I hate them, the enemy slips a wedge in between us and God. And that's how clever the enemy is as a chess master. A little wedge like that. Righteous anger. Let's hand it to God. Seeking earthly justice by all means, but let's hand the emotion to God. Let's do as we're told to do and hand it to God. Coming up, speaking of God, I am not qualified to preach. I have years, a decade or more of spiritual maturity to gain before I could ever consider being a pastor. Gosh, it wasn't a year and a half ago. I thought, hey, I'm going to become a pastor. And then I started to pursue what that would entail. I'm nowhere, I'm nowhere near being able to be a pastor. That said, God has granted me many blessings and one core talent, communication. Next hour, I hope that you'll listen to something that's being stolen from you and your family. But more importantly, I hope you will forward the next hour to a pastor you know. And I'm begging, I'm hoping, I'm praying it's not your pastor. This whole thing about the left pretending that Joe Biden is Jesus Christ because of the college loan ditch, debt shifting he's been caused to do. That was amusing yesterday. Today, it's no longer amusing to me. Want to know why? Because it works. And it works partly because of the inaction of the modern church, particularly in America. Remember this, the Lord Jesus tells us to store up treasures in heaven, not here on earth where moths and thieves can get at it. Well, one of the treasures we have here on earth is the word of God. And thieves are getting at it. We'll talk about that next hour. This is the Todd Herman Show. Please go be well, be strong, be kind, and be strong in remembering that Satan has all sorts of angles. And one of his favorite ones is anger and hatred. Let's give that stuff to the Lord. Want to know why? Because <laughs> he never falls for this stuff.